The show you're about to listen to is very old and comes with a warning. When we recorded these shows over a decade ago, the world was a different place and we were little more than children. As a result of this, you might hear a few things that by today's standards we judge to be inappropriate or offensive. Please don't be offended. In the years that have passed since recording these shows, we've all grown up to be wonderful, loving, liberal, free-thinking, open-minded individuals. If the us from over a decade ago say something to upset the you of today, please understand that we're as disgusted with ourselves as you are. But isn't this what life is all about? Learning and growing? We all said and did things in our younger days that make us cringe when we think about them. We just recorded it and put it out on the internet. With all that in mind, I hope you enjoy the show. Oh, and there's just one more thing. Don't email the show or try to enter competitions. We don't have that email anymore and all the competitions are over. We do have a Facebook group where you're very welcome to discuss any aspects of the podcast. Please visit simplysyndicated.com for more information. Now establishing data link. Accessing. Hello and welcome to episode number 39 of Make It So, a Star Trek podcast with me, Richard Smith. And me, Mike Dawson. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, Richard. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm enjoying our brief little fake radio interchange of pleasantries. (laughs) Even though we've been in each other's company for the last few hours now, we still take the time to say, how are you doing? It feels like you've just arrived. It does. It does. It does for me. Excellent. So this week's topic of discussion, we're just going to talk about William Shatner, aren't we? Yeah. He's cool. Yeah. So let's say why. Okay. And all these sorts of things. Okay. We did just have a look at the thread on the forum entitled, was it How William Shatner Changed the World? Something like that. Something like that. And uh, found out it's not actually about that in the slightest. It's It's about Star Trek and how Star Trek changed the world of technology. Um, So quite a deceptive title there, really. Um, I I just prefer the term wrong. Yeah. Wrong title. Okay. Um, I'd, I'd be a bit upset if I'd watched that program under the guise of how William Shatner changed the world, and it just told me actually how Gene Roddenberry changed the world. Um, that would probably make me a bit miffed. I think it was because it was hosted by William Shatner as well, wasn't it? I believe that's what the thread said. Right. Yes. So William Shatner. Director, can- actor, writer, musician. musician yeah. Multifaceted, multi-talented Canadian. Born in 1931. Ten years before Patrick Stewart. Was he really? I think so. I didn't know that. I didn't know when Patrick Stewart was born. Although, for some reason, I still to this day think of uh, Patrick Stewart as being older than William Shatner. 13th of July, 1940. He does look older than William Shatner. That's because he's bold. It is the boldness. So is William Shatner, but Patrick Stewart doesn't wear a wig. William Shatner... He's not bald. He Mike. is bald. He's not bald. He is bald. He does not wear a wig. He does. Really? Yeah. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Every time me Sean Connery does now. Yeah. No. Um, no. Sean Connery occasionally does. Um, not anymore. <laughs> not since that James Bond film, which we mentioned the other day, movies you should see. That, never say never again. That awful. That was awful. one reason he stopped being Bond. Because they wanted him bald. to wear, wear a wig, and, and he, he said didn't no. want to. So that was. You can't have a bold James Bond, let's face it. You could. You could. I think it would work. It's just about the persona, it's the look, it's all of that. Mm. People said we could never have a blonde James Bond. And then Roger Moore came along. He, I meant. 
I know what you meant, but I always get annoyed when people say, oh, he's blonde. Well, I'm sorry, but Roger Roger Moore Moore. was not exactly tall, dark and handsome. He wasn't dark, but he wasn't blonde. In fact, he's quite ginger in a few of them, it's fair to say. Yeah. Especially view to a kill. Yeah. But we digress. Mm. How did you first become aware of William Shatner? Star Trek. Star Trek, of course. That's how many people first became aware of Shatner. Embarrassing little thing from my past, I actually thought William Shatner didn't play Captain Kirk in the movies. Really? Who did you think played? Some other guy. I just thought there's... This is a young boy. I realise the folly of my ways now, but I thought they look too different. Hmm. They're two very... He aged a great deal between the series and the movies, and he looks like a completely different person in the films. There's 15 years between them. I understand. It's not unreasonable. It's mainly the hair or the wig. It's entirely the hair because (laughs) he chose to curl his hair for the movies, (laughs) shorter, curlier hair. He already had curly hair or wig when he did TJ Hooker. It's the same hairstyle, yes. Yeah. The same hairstyle is same, his hair same in that way. Um, but it was, of course, very different from the hairstyle he chose to have on his hair. It was. In, uh, it was when he's saying he went bald. It was a different... Somewhere between the original series and the movie, so his, William Shatner went bald. His hair in the original series... Is his hair. And not in the movie. Not, How bald? Are we talking Patrick Stewart bald or Ted Danison bald? No, I've never seen him without a wig, so I don't know. Because it's his hair, Mike. That's the only reasonable thing to say. That's why De- you've never seen him without it. Debuted on our screens in 1951 in The Butler's Night Off as, wait for it, A Crook. A Crook. According, A Crook. Implying that he was one of many in that particular uh, piece. It does, doesn't it, Some Yes. I wonder how many crooks there were. I don't know, but there's, he was one of them. Sufficient number of crooks to warrant not numbering them. Yeah. So often you see man number one and man number two, whatever. When Crook do you stop? One. Do you get what? Well, I think it's when you get to double digits, then it's... Then it's... No, because now I'm thinking about it. Crook crooks. number nine doesn't work on no, a script. that's true. I think three's your cutoff point. Really? Five. Three, five. Five. Uh, yeah, okay, five. Right. It's a nice compromise. Fair enough. Excellent. Okay, so yeah, he debuted in uh, 1951, and it's fair to say that in the 15 years between his his first uh, appearance on television and his getting the gig in Star Trek, the original series, he was on just about every major American television show you can think of, from The Twilight Zone to Gunsmoke. The Man from Uncle, or the was that post-Star Trek? That would be post-Star post, Trek. Probably uh, post, Mission Impossible, post-Star Trek, and... yeah. All of that stuff. Uh, Police Squad, post-Star Trek. TJ Hooker, post-Star Trek. Boston Legal, post-Star Trek. He's been in nearly everything. I think he has been in everything. It's clear to say that because he's a man who is greatly made fun of, but I think it happens with love. Mm. Nobody hates William Shatner. Nobody hates William Shatner. No one really... We love him. Exactly. Mm. No one really complains about him. No. There's fun poked. Yeah. But... It's always in good faith. And there's fun poked by himself, which is the main distinguishing factor between himself and up till recently David Hasselhoff. David David Hasselhoff has no choice anymore. No, well, him and Chuck Norris, they kind of like poke fun of themselves now. But the original poke fun of yourself guy 
was William Shatner. Yeah. I mean, the, I remember when I was in New York, I don't think you could ever see it over here. It was a brilliant little advert um, on TV. And it was in 1998 when I went over, so like nine years ago now. And um, it was basically an advert for some sort of computer or something. I can't even remember what the advert was for. All I remember was basically it went on about all the things that you could do online, maybe? I don't know. But anyway, the thing was, he was like, of course, you know, and you can go and you can look at the William Shatner fan site, he's saying, and like this is William Shatner talking, he's like, and you can look at the the William Shatner's albums and all the videos you can buy featuring William Shatner, and you can look at this and this and this and all featuring William Shatner and everything. And then it gets to the end of it, and he says, of course, there are other musicians out there you could listen to, and there are other programs that you could watch, and then looks straight at the camera and says, but Why? And exactly. It, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and that was and that was the advert. And so I just remember being really quite impressed by that. Just how he's know. a man who can laugh at himself, mm. and that's a good thing. And we like that about people. To be honest, anyone who can produce some of the musical numbers that William Shatner has produced over the years and not laugh at themselves is seriously lacking in a sense of humour. I've seen him talk briefly about his his music. He's how, do we know how many albums he's released? More I, than me. I know three songs, two of which are on my iPod. Right. One of which is his version of Common People by Pulp. Is the other Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds? No. Rocket Man. No. Although they're they're very good. Tambourine Man. Oh, of course, Tambourine. Tambourine Man. Man. The other one which I don't have on my iPod is You're Gonna Die. Have you heard that one? I've not heard You're Gonna Die. Oh, that's good. That's good. I know William Shatner are- singing for four minutes about how everyone's going to die and you should just do this because you're going to die. Um, I did a bit of a Jack Nicholson impression there for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> that was good though. That was- um, but yeah, that was, yeah, that's the song. It's brilliant. It's, I might uh, look these up. They're, I know they're all on iTunes. They're a wonderful exercise in nihilism. Because I've always wonderful. quite liked, uh, if I had a hammer by Leonard Nimoy as well. Never heard any of Leonard Nimoy's stuff or Nichelle Nichols, apart from that little ditty she did in Star Trek V. No, I've not heard any Nichelle Nichols at any point, but I have heard it say that she was a rival to Diana Ross, Ross at one point. Really? That she was that big in America post-Star Trek. Hmm. Because a few of them did that. After Star Trek, you concentrate on your singing career. Mm. I suppose that just goes to show that nothing's really changed in the world of media. Well... I think it's quite interesting that like there is this whole musicians. I mean, I know Brett Spiner did some, didn't he? Music. He did. Is it Old Yellow Eyes is back or That's something like right, that? Yeah, but I mean, he was the only one out of the next gen lot, and any of the recent ones that's done that. I mean, I can I don't know. Can you imagine Kirik Lofton releasing a rap album or something? There is a track on Brent Spiner's album that is like a barbershop quartet song mm. with Brent Spiner, uh, Levar Burton. Jonathan Frakes and Patrick Stewart. I doing want the to backing. hear that. I know it because it was when Patrick Stewart, one morning when I was driving back to Leeds from Allison's house a couple of years ago, it, Patrick Stewart was on Desert Island Discs on Radio 4, and that was the mm. last track he picked, was him and his friends doing this really bad song. But they don't play the songs on that program, which really gets my nose. They played the first three seconds of it or something like that. So I heard the introduction to it and it was actually quite good. <laughs> mm. 
But there you go. It's. I think it's fair to say with Bill Shatner that his ego sort of took over a little bit at certain points in his career. Specifically, I'm thinking in the late 80s when he directed, co-wrote and starred in Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Now, do you think that's ego or just taking the opportunity? Because if you had the opportunity to write, direct and star in your own Star Trek film, you'd do it. Mm, and so would I. Right. Slightly different situation, though. Well, let's look at the other slightly more restrained example of someone directing a Star Trek movie with Leonard Nimoy, who did the previous two incarnations, Star Trek Four and Star Trek Three. Okay. Okay. Star Trek Three. he's not even in it until the last, like, two scenes. Granted, the whole film is about Spock, but he's not in it at any point. So he's no, he's not at any point directing himself. Right. Star Trek Four is a sort of an extension of that, but Spock doesn't steal the show by any means. That's actually probably the most reasonably spread of all the Star Trek films in terms of the ensemble. Chekhov, Uhura, Scotty, McCoy, they all get their lovely moment in Star Trek Four, don't they? Still not so much Uhura. Still not as much Uhura, but, you know, she's still got... Yeah, actually, yeah. What happened? Poor Uhura. But, yeah, but Chekhov gets his whole kidnapping thing. Sulu gets the, oh, I was born in San Francisco. and He and gets to fly the Huey. Fly the Huey and all of that stuff. And, you know, they, you know, so they all get the little moment in Star Trek Four. So that's a nice collective casting. Star Trek Five features Bill Shatner directing Bill Shatner in an array of brilliantly flattering poses as he scales mountains and... Um, and is the only one of the characters who keeps his rationale as the rest of them become emotionally involved and confront their pain with Cybok. Um, and then at the end, Shatner meets God, who isn't God, and asks God for ID because he's not God. And it's all a little bit indulgent. I mean, I'm not saying that Shatner was completely responsible for the script or anything else like that, but you have to agree it's the worst of the Star Trek films. I think, yeah, it is the worst of the Star Trek films. I think there comes a time where he he was an action hero. Kirk yeah. was an early action hero. We've yeah. seen him fight lots of people and do he lots fought, of things. He fought more people than any other Star Trek captain because it was less PC. Exactly. And I think there comes a time when you can't do that anymore, where you can't be that guy anymore. It's, it's, I suppose the same thing happens to James Bond actors. There came a time when Roger Moore just looked like an old man running around. And that's not his fault. You that's kind of just what happens. Got the impression that John Glenn called cut, and then the assistant director ran in with a Zimmer frame and with and a blanket it to and, and a blanket, yeah. you know, like a, a hot cup of cocoa. There you go, Roger. Warm he, yourself up. He was up. only fifty when he made View to a Kill, but oh. still, I think fifty <laughs> is too old to be the sexy action hero. Yeah, and I think in well, Star Trek Six, this wasn't a problem. In Star there Trek- was no, not really any person-to-person action in Star Trek 6 at all. Apart from when he jumps 16 feet in the air and uh, saves the president's life and calls that Enterprise. But that's it. Now, Star Trek 2, years earlier, mm-hmm. addressed this problem. Addressed the fact that that Kirk was getting old. He needed glasses. And yeah. and McCoy says, what's wrong with you? You're sitting here riding a computer desk when you want to be out there hopping galaxies. And he says, a young man's game. And, you know, galloping, gallopanting around the cosmos is a young man's game, Doctor. And you can almost see that he's a little bit uncomfortable with all this. It's clear to say. So, it's you know, Nicholas Meyer is forcing him to be middle-aged because he's middle-aged. Yeah. When Bill Shatner, probably at that point, and I can't blame him for this, wanted still to be the young action hero. 
I just think with Star Trek V, it was one movie too many for the action hero persona. Yeah. Now, the thing with it is, I sort of understand because that part of the Kirk character is something that they've tried to carry on. There was the, the introduction scene from Generations that was cut where he's parachuting yeah. from beyond the Earth's atmosphere and stuff like that. Have you got that on the DVD? It's is on, it on the DVD? I think it's on your double disc DVD. Uh, then I probably do have. I want to borrow that. I want to see um, that scene. I've not actually looked. Now you mention it. I think there might be some rushes of the aftermath. Hmm. There's no special effects or anything like that. You've just got check. I have seen it because I'm remembering it now as I'm telling <laughs> it to you. You've got Chekhov and Scotty, Scotty looking up through binoculars, panicking, much the same as Dr. McCoy does at the beginning of Star Trek V. Right. When he's climbing the mountain. Playing games of life. Yeah. But there's no special effects or, or anything. Right. Or, from what I remember. Because it you got don't, cut before by his production yeah, effects. So you don't get that done. Right. And you don't pay for it afterwards unless your name's George Lucas and you really want to see the 25 fucking minute pod race. <sighs> I didn't have that much free time. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I know it was a wonderful feat of special effects, but they have to be interesting. Yeah. And it, it was not. But digression. Anyway, digression. And so we we end up with this conflict of Kirk is a guy who does all the extreme sports and things, but I don't know. The more I the more I talk about it, the more I think it's okay because he's just being true to the character. I suppose it's just what we accept on film. The character morphs depending on which take you have on it. I mean, like you say, the the scrapped introduction to Generations or the opening scene to Final Frontier very much clash with. The idea that was built up in two and 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 three, where mm. Kirk becomes far less physical and more cerebral. In fact, in the way he uh, addresses things, I mean, sure, he gets into a fist fight with Christopher Lloyd at the end of Star Trek Three, but only because he absolutely has to. Um, and he's, you know, and he nearly gets his ass kicked. The only reason he survives is because he guy falls off the edge of a cliff. You know. Um, and that was all good. And Star Trek Four, there's nothing physical going on there, and everything else. So you know, you had Kirk operating in his mind. And I suppose what I'm saying is, in Star Trek Five, suddenly Kirk was a physical, more action character again. And you know, I mean, he only survives the jail on Rurapente with Star Trek Six because the um, because McCoy and uh, what's the name are looking out for him. And I'm going to say McCoy and Kirk would have died within six months in that prison. Probably, yeah. Even if they tried to, not tried to kill them, they would have probably still frozen to death at some point. Exactly. Yeah. Do you so, remember when Captain Archer got sent there? I've just remembered that. I haven't seen that one. No, I do remember He's that. He's there for about half an hour. Right, okay. Really, it's quite pathetic. You think Kirk spent the night at least? <laughs> you don't yeah. want to go there, but I wouldn't want to spend the night there. Um, okay. So, a slight dip with his, you know, with him directing Star Trek V, um, and maybe the connection between Five being awful and Shatner directing it is loose. Maybe it was a flawed script to begin with. Maybe it just was a Star Trek movie that was never meant to be. To be perfectly honest, I'm quite happy to skip over that one and go straight to six. Okay. You know, in terms of four to six, I'm quite happy just to forget that Star Trek five. It's easy to do that now because we're not waiting for the next one. Yeah. 
If it was the latest one, you'd be pissed off. That said, five has its moments. I mean, it has the bit like you know, Doctor McCoy is pretty fucking funny in that, but he's funny in all of them. So it's kind of like, well, you know, stuff you'd seen already. But and there's a few fair fights in it. You yeah. know, it's all right. Five. Yeah. It's still, it's just the worst of a reasonably of- good collection of films. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen William Shatner in lots of things, you know, and the films in general haven't been great. Right. But that's in general. That's not by means all of them hmm. in any way. Um, to be perfectly honest, I don't think, I'm trying to think offhand, other than Captain Kirk and some of the sort of classic television stuff I've seen in the episode of The Twilight Zone he was in and um, I can't claim to have seen anything else. I haven't watched Boston Legal, although apparently he's very good in that. But other than that, other than Kirk, I can't, and TJ Hooker, I can't think of anything that I've seen him in that isn't a tiny bit piss takey or self referential. Because you're thinking of Loaded Weapon. Loaded Weapon. Airplane? And. Was he in Airplane? Uh, airplane no, two. Police Squad. Oh, yeah, Airplane 2. Police Squad. Police All Squad. All this sort of thing. All the sort of spoof, kind of tongue in cheek, not a very serious role, you know, nice sort of piss takey parts. Um. Not necessarily taking the piss out of him, but they're all kind of light roles. It's like Charlie Sheen after Platoon suddenly just decided, oh, I'll just be that guy who stands over there being good looking because if I do anything more than that, I'm going to go back to heroin. So, um, (laughs) you know. Charlie Sheen, you've got to love him. The man has had quite a life. Well, my favorite quote from Charlie Sheen is, uh, uh, what was it? Rosie Perez's voice is enough to make me go back to, to heroin. Rosie Perez's voice is enough to make people either go back to or begin or heroin. Taking something like that. Maybe, I, I don't know, maybe something more strong like arsenic or something. She didn't just stop getting work. It was law. It became law that she must not be employed in a place where people will hear her voice. Although it's funny if you watch Do the Right Thing and you see how much Spike Lee fancies her. Really? Yeah. Has she in that one with Nicolas Cage as well where he has to give half his lottery money to... Uh, it could happen to you. That's the one with Bridget Fonda. Bridget, and, yeah, and, uh, and their generosity, generosity is so heartwarming that the entire city of New York donates some well over a million dollars, hmm. so that they can rebuild their cafe and have a lovely, happy life together. That's what you want. That's what happens that, in New York. Well, the whole thing was sort of flawed. Why are we talking about this? I don't know film? how we got onto this. Um, I saw that at the cinema. Really? Yeah. Oh, God, no. Family day out. Oh, well, no, I can see that. That's fair enough. Not by choice. I just... My my favourite William Shatner role in films... I don't want to sound brown-nosy at the moment, but it has to be free enterprise so far. Because right. that's one where he's playing William Shatner as a sort of spoof of himself, very loosely. I forgot he's in Further Up From The Sun, isn't he? He's on Further Up From The Sun. Further Up From The Sun. Further Up From The Sun, Big Giant Head. Yeah. Again, a comedy character. He's good in comedy, whether it's as himself or playing a character. When I've seen him be serious in films, I've known him to have questionable choice of scripts to do. My other major film memory of William Shatner is one with spiders in, and I can't for the life of me remember which one it was. But the premise of it is that spiders are taking over this small Texan town. Not Um, arachnophobia. Not arachnophobia. Another one like arachnophobia. Much earlier. Much, much earlier than arachnophobia. I quite like arachnophobia. It's a good movie. Yeah, we should do that one time. 
Alison won't watch it. Why not? She won't watch it. Spiders. Yeah. I've tried. I've actually tried that because it's they're, always they're, they're less than 1% of the size of you. You can crush them with an eyelid. Shh. You, you know, if you I don't, under, in, I just don't understand it. She's just, I just don't understand the fear. What was that film that you lent fear her? Fear of heights? What, what was that, that film that you lent her a while ago that I said was just a headache on film? Mirror. I'll watch that before she watches arachnophobia. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. That's. I see. I've tried. Okay. I, I, I agree with you. It's a great little film. Right. A, a good moment for Jeff Daniels in his career. Yeah. Leading man. And John Goodman. Certainly John Goodman. Digression uh, again. This is turning into movies you should see with Mike and Rich. Um, <laughs> How it should be. Man. Yes. <laughs> okay. So. Was it Valley of the Spiders? Look up there. Valley of the Spiders okay. or something like that. Valley of the something. Very early. No, it'll just be on his film credit. And you're on the page. It's easier just to search it rather than right. look through 185 articles that of things that Rich William Shatner's been, been on in. everything. 195 things. He's been the star of his own series on more than one occasion, which is crazy. He's been in films. He's, he's what a career. We're looking, it's not there. It's not there, no. It's not there. I've remembered it wrong. So, yeah, I think he's also got the advantage of, well. <laughs> what are you going to, what are you thinking? I'm, I'm thinking in the fact that he doesn't take himself too seriously. Most of the time helps him out. Because I'd say that's essential to his continued Existence and popularity. And yeah. Absolutely. Um, however, I think Shatner gets a bum rap because he does have a reputation for not being a particularly... Pardon me. Jesus, that was horrible. He doesn't have a particularly good reputation as an actor. No, he doesn't. Now, granted, the man's not going to be winning any Oscars anytime soon, um, but what does that matter? Nothing, really. Um However, I will say that I think he's actually done some phenomenal work in the Star Trek films in particular. He's done some phenomenal work in the Star Trek films. And just generally, when you see him, you know you're seeing someone who knows what they're doing. Well, there's the wonderful bit, the bit I always come back to with Shatner's acting, my favourite moment of William Shatner performance in film to date is in the moment in Star Trek 3 where he finds out that his son's just been murdered and he falls back and he misses the chair. Isn't it good? Yes! And I get a chill down my back just thinking about it. Yeah! Because it's brilliant. I he was... misses the chair. You Klingon bastard, you killed my son. How do you deliver something like that convincingly? And yet he does. How do you... Yeah. like? You just got told over a radio your son's dead. What do you do? And, and he, you know, it's really overly dramatic, but he pulls it off so well. Um, because, let's, he's, he's, his deal you know. on acting is so unfair. Yeah. And I think it just comes back to what I was saying earlier, that he has done some questionable stuff. And it's not his performance, it's the stuff he's done. Mm. Um, which means that you get these bits that are just brilliant. Yeah. And maybe... I think it might, he's one of these actors, right? And it, there's certain actors, Sigourney Weaver is the example I always use of this, who no matter what you put her in, she's always good. 
The right. film might be shit, but Sigourney Weaver is going to be good in the shit film, is what I mean. Okay. Alien Resurrection is shit, but Sigourney Weaver is good in Alien Resurrection. There's okay. no really arguing with that. And they're very lucky, because it doesn't matter how bad the director is, how bad the script is, they can still pull a decent performance out of it. They're exceptional actors. William Shatner is, is just like the vast majority of actors in that if you can give him a good script and a good director, you're going to get a good Bill Shatner performance out of him. If he's in a bad script and a bad director, he's not going to be very good. But that's what happens to most actors. The Sigourney Weaver effect is very, very rare. It's not very many of them that can do that. Mean. But I've seen, you know, I mean, how many times have you, have you seen like an actor in a in a bad film? And you, oh God, they were awful in that film. But how many? No bad Sigourney Weaver films. Always good. I'm just trying to think. Ghostbusters one, Ghostbusters two, Heartbreakers, Heartbreakers. Oh, is that a good one or a bad one? That's an average film, but she's very good she's in it. She's good in it. Now I see what you all mean. the Alien films. You know what I mean? Gorillas in the Mist. I think he just cops it for his for his music. I think it's that that has spread throughout how people see him. Because having, I tell you what, working my way through the Family Guys again, yeah, they do him a lot. They do him very well, yeah, but they do it a lot. And what they're making fun of is his musical performance, yeah. Which it's fair to say, but he knows oh, he he knows he's that, not a singer. That's the thing. His, that's why he does them like his, he does. He, yeah, because he's not a singer. He does it in a very talky kind of fashion. Um, what are songs but poems set to music? Well, more or less, but not with a singer, not with someone who can hit a note. He just sort of talks his way through it. But then again, you give Eminem money for putting out stuff that's probably of lower quality. So I don't really see what the issue is there. That's more a personal taste issue. Um, but, you know, I'd rather listen to William Shatner than Eminem. So would I, actually. I'd rather listen to William Shatner than Girls Aloud. Now, there you, you're just being stupid, but... Of course I would. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Girls allowed. I'd, I'd rather listen to him than Robin Williams. Robbie Williams. I'd rather listen to him than... Um, I know there are others out there. I just can't think of their names right now. In in the, the TV commercial featuring Girls Allowed at the moment, they fool someone into thinking they're a load of mindless dummies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that must have been really difficult. It's, it's fucking hilarious. They stand in the shop window. And people, are they are they just mindless plastic dummies? Oh no, it's girls allowed. They're actually real people. I feel so bad now. And they laugh. God, we made you think we were lifeless idiots. I know. It's a big stretch for them. Yeah, uh, they've all actually got a degree from Oxford. Collectively, or no, each each of them have women. degrees very from Oxford. What, what degree in? Uh, nuclear physics. Nuclear physicists that look like girls allowed. Yeah. That's the stuff of Tony Scott movies. Except, uh, Cheryl Tweedy, who has a degree in advanced psychology. Right. <coughs> From Oxford. From Oxford. Of course. In fact, she, when she joined Girls Aloud, it was a debate as to whether to join Girls Aloud or go back and lecture at Oxford. Right. Yeah, tough choice. She chose the pop band, uh, the pop band, and beating Sell up, uh, nightclub night toilet. toilet attendants. Yeah, a much better. She's, she's, you like? she's a, certainly a higher class of person, really, isn't she? Well, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. 
I just, oh, she's lovely. She's a wonderful like, example of how the media works in mm. this country. You can beat up a black toilet attendant shouting racist slurs as you do it. That's okay if you then go and marry a black footballer. Uh, That's how she pulled that one off. I see. I've changed my ways now. Look, look, I'm married to this incredibly rich sportsman. I mean, I mean, black man. Anyway, <laughs> massive digressions there. Massive digressions. So William Shatner, Billy, Bill Shatner. I don't think we know him enough to call him Billy. I don't know. Bill. You know, he's actually quite a keen uh, car enthusiast as well, I understand. I did not know There that. was a series on television not so long ago, and I forget what it's called, and I'm probably going to get jumped on for not remembering what it's called, because it's one of those things that might actually be big in America. And it was sort of a celebrity racing thing. If you imagine... Let me think. Like Celebrity Fame Academy, only instead of singing and dancing, they were driving race cars. Mm-hmm. And instead of getting lessons on how to do it, it was just assumed that they could. Right. So essentially it was... Actually, think of it more of a Formula One race season where all the drivers are television celebrities. Mm Mm-hmm. And this was it. And they closed down cities in America and raced in the streets and did all sorts of stuff. And William Shatner was there as a fucking racing driver. Right. Racing against... uh, Don Simpson. Malcolm in the Middle and uh, lots of other people. No one knows his name. He is Malcolm Malcolm in in the Middle. middle. Sorry, Kate. Agent Cody Banks. No, nobody saw that. No one saw that. Or the sequel. No. Because um, that had the girl from S Club in. We're digressing it? again. Stop it before it starts. God. Hannah from S Club. I'd rather listen to William Shatner than an S Club record. Hannah in S Club was the one that everyone fancied, but then she went really weird. Right. And then started getting weird haircuts. Digressions. And, digressions sorry, I'm making. Sorry. So, digressions within Star Trek's fine. We're talking about crap pop singers now. Captain Kirk <clears throat> is James. Tiberius no, Kirk. You see, where, where I'm going with this is William Shatner has a very special honour in being Captain Kirk. Right. Because we've said this before, Captain Kirk is William Shatner. William Shatner is Captain ah, Kirk. About to change. We, we have the... Well, this is what I'm saying. That guy is screwed. You could not pay <laughs> me enough money to be Captain Kirk. Oh, I'd do it. I wouldn't dare... I really wouldn't I'd, I'd do it, and then I'd go into hiding. You'd have to go into hiding. Yeah. Like I say, you couldn't pay me enough money. As if you're going to take on the role of Captain Kirk, and I'm quite sad that this is going to change. Mm. And if anything, this is my major gripe with the new Star Trek film. What are you going to do, though? You can't have him playing a young Kirk. I mean, it goes against the... Well, they shouldn't have fucking Kirk in it. Well, the I think it's going to be... They're going to lend it some sort of credibility because Leonard Nimoy is going to be in it. That's going to screw it up, because he's not going to be Spock. Well, either that... This spells disaster. What I'm hoping, hoping for, is that it's... The whole film is a Spock flashback. Ah! From, like, Spock, I don't know, end post-nemesis. Ah! Looking back at his early career. This isn't going to be it, but that's a brilliant idea. That would be really nice, wouldn't it? I heard William Shatner was quite upset that he wasn't asked to appear in the new movie, but Leonard Nimoy was. I don't know how truthful that is or anything like that. It's well, another one of those big Hollywood Well, if it's a hear. flashback thing from Spock's point of view, then Leonard, then William Shatner can't be in it because 
Not unless he's, they're reminiscing over a beer. Yeah, but at what point in the timeline? Because Bill Shatner's dead in Star Trek. Kirk died in Generations. Before then. Before then? But he looks older than he did in Generations? That doesn't yeah. work. Generations was made 12 years ago now. 13 years ago. I just don't think... He's the only he's the only sort of big superhero whatever sort of character that's so only, only been being played, played by, by Bill Shatner. Person. Yeah. Until I, now. I think that is so part of the Star Trek thing. Yeah. That to violate that is quite he, sacrilegious. He even did it in the animated series. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm actually quite upset by that. I just wish they'd do what everybody says every fucking time we talk about what the new movie be like and make it post next generation. They won't though, no, they won't. I'm not gonna do that. Why won't they do that? I don't know. Because you just they're just messing with what we already love. Because it's in vogue at the moment to go back. Oh, I watched the revamped version of Return of the Jedi the other day. Oh, oh yeah. I Hi, I'm Hayden Christensen. I'm at the end, even though I was only three years old when this film was made. Um, doesn't make any sense. But the but now they've sort of gone back and ah, oh, just revamping. God, but yeah, Star Wars goes back in time, does a, a series of prequels that really worked out well for them, didn't it? Well, yeah. What have we learned here from prequels? That in nobody general? likes prequels. There's a, a certain fundamental problem with a, a prequel in that we know how it ends. That is the problem, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's no, the main problem. No one went into episode three, three going, but what's going to happen? Is Anakin going to die? Do you think Obi Wan might bring him back from the dark side? Do you think Yoda might go oh. into exile? Dumbass ideas. Just make more. Don't go back. Going back means I really can't think of anything else. Let's just remake Kirk again. People like Kirk. People do like Kirk, but you're not going to give us Kirk. No. You're going to give us somebody else playing Kirk. Hmm. And I don't want that. Well, let's give them a shadow of a doubt. I mean, if they do the whole Spock flashback thing, then it might lend some sort of credibility to it. Um, and we'll see. I'm, I'm not going to judge the film until I see the final product, but... No, oh, it would be but, foolish to do so. But but from Enterprise, you really don't want to go back. Yeah, you want to talk about the greatest mistake of a prequel ever. It's called Enterprise. It's actually called The Phantom Menace. But the Enterprise is, is a close second. Definitely. Yeah. So they've not learned from this. No. And consequently, you're going to ruin the Shatner legend. Maybe. Maybe I I worry about it. I worry about it too. But let's, rather, you know, we'll let's check. let's give it some. Fun. Some some people are worrying about where they're going to sleep tonight. I worry about whether someone I've never met plays a fictional character and nobody else, having no bearing on my life whatsoever. Really, yeah. It's a Am lovely I not see the next Star Trek film. It's, it's really? a lovely state of affairs, really, when that's the biggest worry in your life, isn't it? Just, yes. Um, not about where your next meal comes from. Uh, okay. Probably McDonald's. I've just had a sandwich anyway. Probably from my full kitchen. Um, okay. So where do we stand on Mr. Shatner? And his crazy talking. He's had a bum rap, but he does well with it. He has, but he's he does a man who talk likes like to make this. fun of himself. And does he actually talk like that or does he just, no, it, he doesn't talk, he doesn't talk like, like that. that. It's, it's completely exaggerated. Over it's the, it's over the all years. taken from exaggerations and from the singing, which I feel, and from the mm. music, I can't say the same. But it has to stem from somewhere. It doesn't comes it? from that music. Yeah. 
It does, yeah, actually. I'm watching some of the original series episodes again recently, and they kind of like... They, it's, it's normal, It just talks it? normally. It doesn't do yeah. the whole thing. There's some sort of shit on the starboard bow. You see, it's no different to when you do Cisco getting angry. It's the same uh, thing. Cisco getting angry, I do completely correctly. Because... It's good. He does that, I'm telling yeah. you. I know he does and, do and, that. You know, yeah. And yeah. Back, Bill Shatner does say, God, you bloodsucker. You manage to kill everybody else, but you keep, like a poor marksman, you keep missing the targets. See, in dramatic situations, the speech patterns do break down to that slightly mm. with Shatner, but only in those situations. It's not his regular speaking voice. It's not his regular acting voice generally, mm. but... The fact that that does happen is fine. That's how he does that bit. And maybe a, a further control of that could be down towards either his desire to develop as an actor, whether he thinks he's fine, whether he feels he can do better or whatever, whether the director he's working with wants something different out of him or wants what is known as classic Shatner. Or if he's sending a code to Alliance computer to order her to lower her shields. Yeah. Or something like that. Something like that. You see, he is... He, it's it's the, the crossover which only happens really with Star Trek ca- actors and characters is that he's one he's not one or the other he's not a man playing another man it's just him there we're watching him and so when you move him out of Star Trek do you want still him or do you want him to act yeah there's a there's a the line between acting and who they are and all of this sort of thing is blurred with your bigger Star Trek characters. It's the same for Patrick Stewart now, and I bet Jonathan Frakes in my mind has a similar problem um you, Patrick Stewart you are less that character so. and that character is you and and that's really all there is to it yeah, but no one else can play Kirk. he is William Shatner. I wouldn't accept anyone else as data. Do you see what I mean? They are, mm. that because you play these characters for so long and in, and in so many different mediums, that the character and the actor are one in the same. And it's all right if you know that. You know, I bet there are people who honestly, truly believe that William Shatner is Captain Kirk. But that's really just tes- to testify how good the whole thing is written and performed anyway. Well, you go right on quoting regulations, Lieutenant. It's difficult to sort of get your head around people playing that character for that long. It's a different one because, I mean, like with James Bond, for example, after it was only after six movies, it wasn't after, you know, like, I don't know, less than 10 years or maybe just over 10 years for any Bond for the maximum amount of time that they were Bond. Yeah. So, you know, not even a generation, whereas... Kirk has been Kirk from 1966 to 1994. All our lives. All our lives. And that's just in the television and motion picture categories. I mean, I'm just looking on his thing there, and he's still playing Captain Kirk in computer games. Oh, he certainly is. He's in... uh, I don't know, actually. I've got Star Trek Legacy for the Xbox 360. That's him. And it says on the packaging and on there that all the people doing the voices are the actual people... And then you hear it and you think, you've just paid William Shatner to say this is him, haven't you? Because, <laughs> and the next time you're over, I will, I will play some of it. But at this stage, until William Shatner says to me personally, 
I did the voice for that game, and that is me you hear. What about Star I Trek Encounters? Don't know it off the top of my head as a game. Uh, that's as narrator, not as uh, James T. Kirk. I just don't think that that is William Shatner's voice. I think it, it sounds like somebody doing William Shatner. That's mm-hmm. all. I, I know what it says. I know it's on IMDb. I don't know it what it, someone doing Will Shatner sounds like. Quite like you doing William Shatner. Probably. Or somebody who professionally does William Shatner. Sorry, I was making a sexual innuendo and it went right over your head. Probably the listeners too, never mind. Sorry. Yeah. Professional doing William Shatner. Someone doing William... Never mind. Um, no, that's what they say when you do something. I know, doing I, them. I know, I was just making... I, it works the other way too. It does. That's trouble. Never mind. And our smutty English minds. Ah. It's like when a carry-on film. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. So. If you want smart, listen to next week's movies you should see. Um, well, oh, God, that was horrible. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, we won't spoil that one for you. No, um, spoil that one at the weekend. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say about William Shatner. He's I, a man who's had quite a fantastic career. <laughs> he is someone who's in my opinion, always lived up to expectations and those expectations have never been short of something very high. Well, he's been on our televisions in one form or another for over 50 years, so... That's true. You've got to give him that, if nothing else. In many ways, he has boldly gone where no man has gone before. That's... Where? Well, I'm just saying, I mean, he's... Never mind. Dagenham. <laughs> I don't know where. No, I mean, like, in the sense that he is, he's the biggest actor-character crossover entity of anything. That was really vague. He is... If you started making a list of people for whom the character and the actor are sort of the same thing... Right. Then he's at the top of that list. At the same, and on, the, on a similar level, you've got Mr. Spock is Leonard Nimoy... And then you start. You, you can move on to your Star Wars characters a bit. You, you say Luke Skywalker, you think of Mark Hamill. Harrison Ford is Han Solo. Han Solo. And you're not going to... You couldn't have another actor playing Han Solo. No. And then You can have seven or eight actors playing Darth Vader across six films, but no one else plays Han Solo. No, exactly. Hmm. And so he's done that, and he, I think, was the biggest and the most to do that. Okay. He's had... A singing career that, whether you think it's shit or not, is a big two fingers up at the rest of the recording industry and says, I'm going to do this because I like it. Mm. And it's fair to say that his music is still for sale. I own some. And you own some. And I may own some later when I get home tonight. <laughs> and there aren't a lot of people... You need to listen to You're Gonna Die. I will listen you really to You're Gonna to, Die. Everybody needs to listen to that song. It's genius. If it's in the iTunes store, I'll put a link I'm to it in sure the show notes be. of this show. Um, so he's done that, and that takes a lot of balls. Yeah. To be honest, because he's been so ridiculed for it. Mm-hmm. And you have to start to wonder... Has that done him any harm to be made fun of for that? Because we're still talking about him and it's still for sale. And there really aren't many people who have had music for sale for as long as William Shatner has. Really? When you think about it, there's, are we going to be buying Girls Aloud albums in 30 years? Yeah, we're still buying the Beatles. 
Well, I'm not saying he's the only one. I'm just saying there aren't all that many. And there's certainly no one new coming along. Right. Uh, so he's got that. And he's still fucking going, for God's sake. Mm. He was born in 1931. Yeah. And he's still going. And he's still very good. And he's still fine. And he's still popular. Oh, he's nearly 80 now. He's nearly 80 years old. And for God's sake, he should be dead. By all accounts of of national life expectancies in many uh, Western countries, by the law of averages, the man should be dead. Really? It's 75 for a man in this country. 79. 70, well, he should still be dead then. Or about to die. God, I hope he doesn't die now. I've said that. <laughs> Your face was priceless then. Of course he's not going to die. He's William Shatner. But... Yeah. And then, and you say things like that, and it's fine. And now you said that, thousands of people have heard it, and they're all going, "Yeah, you're right. He's never going to die, William. Fucking Shatner. Fuck yeah. We don't talk about anyone else like this. You never hear he's Pierce Brosnan. Fuck yeah. That's because he's Pierce Brosnan. Well, this is what I'm saying. Mm. There are, you know, he's better than most. Yeah, and he's. Still going. And he's still Captain Kirk. He's still fucking Captain Kirk. Yeah. And J.J. Abrams is going to ruin that. I'm going to try and not think about it. Maybe it will be done in the form of a flashback, in which case I can maybe let it slide. Okay. Merely from understanding what A contextual point of view. Yeah. Mm. I understand you want to make that film in that era. You clearly can't use William Shatner, so what choice he's 80 got? years old. I would use the argument your choice is, so don't make the film at all. But if but you have if to... If you're absolutely going to, if you just can't think of any new ideas... Then you're and just any new characters have to recast? ...that people might like, you just have to go with something you've rehashed from a 40-year-old television series, mm -hmm. then fair enough. You know? Maybe, hey, it's happened to all the other ones. Maybe you've had a few sort of, I think I've got some really good ideas. Oh, wait, no, I don't know what the polar bear's doing on the fucking island. People fed up, I'll just stick with what people already like. The argument I'm would... having a go at JJ I know you before are. he's done anything really, which is unfair. Uh, but any man whose first name is two initials needs some leeway. Or LL Cool J. Yeah. What does it stand for with Ladies LL? love Cool J. Cool What J does JJ James. stand for then? James. James. I don't know what JJ stands for, but but that was his nickname at school, LL Cool J. Ladies love Cool James. What kind of nickname is that? It's more a statement. That's, yeah. It's, <laughs> it doesn't in, a, in actual fact imply that he is Cool James. No. It's just it's, saying it's, that ladies, whoever this Cool James character is, ladies love him. Ladies love Cool James. Really? I, I don't know who James is. Just My name's Derek. Get that on a t-shirt. I could something. be LL Cool J. You or could be LL CJ, Cool J. The Cool J bit. Or I could be LL Cool M. Anyway, JJ, I think you should give him a chance. Maybe he'll do I'm something I'm going to give good. him a chance because really I've got no choice. Yeah, and you shouldn't slack things off until it comes out. No, that is also very true, but I'm There'll be saying, plenty of time, Richard. At this point. There's the rest of your life to slag it off if it's crap. I know, but we're all worried. I th we must all be worried on some level. I know there's some people out there going, oh, but Lost is brilliant and all of that. I have high hopes for this movie. I don't. As long as it, as long is, as it doesn't insult me, I'm going to be happy. Pre-Star Wars prequels, we wouldn't be having this conversation. 
Because do you remember anyone saying, I'm really worried about The Phantom Menace? What if The Phantom Menace is shit? No one worried about it. Everyone, no, they didn't. They, everyone they, thought it was going to be brilliant. We couldn't wait. I remember watching that trailer over and over again, and that was in the days that it took an hour and a half to download a trailer. Yeah. Over and, then you'd, and over. You'd set it going in the morning, and then you'd leave <clears> it up, the window up, all day long so you could keep watching it until you shut it down. Mm. Yeah. And, and it was crap. Oh, damn you, George Lucas. That's why Star Wars never wins. I don't know. Okay. Are we done then? Yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're done. Just out of curiosity, how long did we speak about William Shatner for? About 50 minutes. That's a nice length to talk about William Shatner. It's not bad, is it? Especially with the level of research. Of course. We We looked at the IMDB chat page. uh, Yeah. Um, I read a book about him today and 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 several papers on him. I also searched him and 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 brought up a load of Google documents and and things about him and and read through all of those at lunch today, even though I didn't know we were doing this show topic until just five minutes before we did it. I interviewed him on the phone. Did you interview him on the phone as well? What did he have to say? Uh I can't remember. Right. He's not happy about the new Star Trek film. He thinks it should be like set after the next gen series. Series, right. Rather than a reimagining. Okay. Uh, because he's the only actor ever to have played Kirk and feels that's integral to the Star Trek universe. Right. Well, I'm glad he said that. I mean, if William Shatner's clarified that issue, then maybe it's true. I um, feel it is. Or maybe we've just been completely lying for the last five minutes. That was probably more true. Probably. Um, anyway, um, so. This podcast has been brought to you by Simply Syndicated. You can listen to other podcasts brought to you by Simply Syndicated at simplysyndicated.com forward slash simply here. That's the most time anyone has said Simply Syndicated. Oh, yeah. The same I'm going to try and beat it next week. Four times you've got to go for it. Four times sentence. next week. Okay. Simply here is, yeah, that's just the best way of doing this. We should just plug Simply here instead of listing all the shows. Yeah, there's loads. If you want to get offended by talk about guns, uh, then listen to the, the yeah, definitive words. Yeah, briefly went on there. Have you offended? I haven't listened to that. I haven't yet. offended. We were very careful not to be offensive. I'll take your word the, for it. The problem is it's like, it's, it's, it's not like a bull in a china shop. It's like, uh, a, a, a bullet to, to forward and mix the analogy slightly flying through the china shop. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just going to break stuff. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> There's no, there's no way, there's no way to talk about about guns in America without offending somebody. No, that's, um, that's absolutely it's, correct. You know, it's it's, it's like talking about our monarchy and not offending somebody. It's you know, it's one of those subjects. It's just impossible to get around. Um, I I thought we we weren't too bad, and we kept saying we're sorry all the way through the show. But you know, <laughs> this is it. Um, but it still happened. And uh, and the last time I checked the forum, I just had my ass handed to me by Jason with a massive list of reasons why guns are good. Guns um, are not good. You just can't win this one. There's well, he's, he's trying, he's trying. I've, I'm, I've, I haven't got time right now, but tomorrow I'm going to try and destroy him. But uh, I don't know if I'll succeed because there's a load of Americans who will try and tell me. Otherwise, because it's the Second Amendment. They should just have bare arms. As Family Guy said. Just bare arms. Just two bare arms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and where, where did it say they were allowed bullets? 
It doesn't. Well, then I don't. Bare arms. I it's think a kind of it's, 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 to what it's, they want it to be. It's a very loose term. Have all the guns you want. You know, fill your boots. But who said mm. anything about allowing you ammunition? Yeah. Where is that written down? Mm. You know. Uh, you know, because you just assume it's part of that. Well, what other gun accessories are your right? Do you all have the right to a shiny black leather sort of shoulder holster for your gun? Well, the- no, you don't demand that, do you? No. But you could, I suppose, if you're going to argue ammunition is there too. I'm, I'm a week when, late. When that was this. written, the, the, the weapon at the time was a musket that you took a, a minute and a half to reload. So, um, anyway. one small part of the constitution that wasn't future proofed. Can I, anyway, can I, I, I can defeat this in an appropriate fashion. Do all the citizens in Star Trek have phasers? No. Then I don't see the point for further discussion on this topic. I like the way you brought it back to make it so. I, I was, was that was that. good. We were going off on a political tangent again, and yeah. uh, you know, Let, let's just say because in this room right now, Star Trek is the rule of law. I'm probably going to lose this argument with Jason anyway. But you just I'm, won I'm, it. This I, is I just, it. What? Just the Star face. Trek. I says, didn't win it. You just won it. Well, I'm sharing. All right. Okay. Star Trek says this. Therefore, if you differ from this, you are therefore wrong. Okay. I'm happy with that. To our American listeners out there, if anyone wants to contest this issue and tell us you, why you, every you member most. of the Federation has the Federation constitutional right to bear a phaser, um, let us know or get on and what, listen to the, the definitive word, which is what I was trying to plug. Um, and it's all, it's all heated, it's great and stuff. It's brilliant. Smashing. Listen to it, it's great. Well, I'm going to listen to it in the car on the way home. Do it. And then I'm going to listen to Albums You Should Hear, which is also out. Oh, is that good? Yeah. Good. It's much more intelligent now. Right. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's all very serious. It's about music and people like it. Yeah. Um, serious people. It's in the top 100 of iTunes at the moment. Top men. Yeah. Like all our shows. Yeah. Because we're the best in the world. That's not arrogance. That's just the truth. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so you can listen to all of those. Uh, you can vote for us on Podcast Alley and do the usual crap. Dig.com um, as well. Go and dig us on there. We're doing ever so well on Dig.com. Are we? Yes. I'll, I'll I'd like to, take to move up and get above the uh, Battlestar Galactica podcast if it's all possible. Uh, Problem is that's the number one. Uh, so uh, Right. So to get above it, you mean just to usurp it? If everyone went and voted, we'd be cool. Right, okay. But uh, some people just like to use. Okay. Rather than give back a little. <laughs> uh, t-shirts are available. Movies you should see t-shirts. Oh, before I forget, we were going to do a new t-shirt design for a Make It So t-shirt. Were we? So if people who have any suggestions for any slogan text, if you have a look at the Movies You Should See t-shirt in the store. Would you like a t-shirt that says... Dot com slash store. Would you like one that says, what would you want on a t-shirt for Make It So? I, I don't know. I'm st- my favourite one at the moment is, I'm only here because my holodeck is broken. Right. That's my favourite. That's a good one. A couple of rules, no profanity. Right. And no pictures. Right. This is just text we're going for. Okay. And not an essay either. Just right. like a... So, so nothing like evil transcends perspective or anything like that? Nothing too deep and meaningful. Right, okay. Something Star trek yet make it so easy. Something like, what would Cisco do? And things like that. I don't... Where do we stand on using character names on T-shirts? I don't know. It's difficult. Cisco's just a general name. That's very true. As long as it doesn't have the Star Trek emblem in the corner, then no, surely... No, emblems. no emblems. Surely you can just like, well, like come that. on, look, look, that's just Cisco. I mean, that's not necessarily Benjamin Cisco. 
Yeah, I don't wish to incur the wrath of Paramount at no, any point. anything but the wrath of Paramount. We like Paramount. We enjoy Paramount products. The Godfather trilogy was great. Star Trek's wonderful. We'd love you, and we <laughs> don't want you to fuck us up. No. So, but we're not going to try and fuck you over very No, either. no. So, we won't, uh, won't sell your emblem on things. I said that like I was talking to the head of Paramount or something. I don't he know. may listen. He, he likes Star Trek too. It buys him it, a new car every few years. Every few months, maybe. Probably, yes. Yeah. There so, you go. Um, well, there's nothing else to announce uh, at all at this point. Probably not. No, no. A couple of weeks' time, maybe there'll be something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, make it so at simplysyndicated.com or get on the forum and uh, let us know any T-shirt ideas. I know the AIM Conspiracy is away at work with pencil in hand, ah. listening to all the old episodes. That's not work. That's fun, though. <laughs> That's fun, not work. Okay, so uh, we'll see you next week then. Goodbye. Bye-bye.